this is Morgan from Anson Hill, and you're listening to Interview on Fire. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to a brand spanking new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your beloved host here, Sonny, as always. And first and foremost, thank you to all our listeners and supporters out there. It means the world to us to still be in your ears after all these years. Today, I'd like to welcome the exceptional Morton Topped Hansen. Uh, it's an honor, brother. Thank you so much for joining the IUF series today. Uh, man, what a big month here, right, for you and the rest of the guys over at As in Hell on your highly anticipated debut album Impihora, which is roughly translated from latin to uh ungodly hour uh unleashed september 29th on metal blade you guys have been picking up a lot of momentum as of late those brutally catchy singles if i may add uh fall of the loyal uh warrior and island of the dead man uh, desert of doom so much to discuss about this album and this group and beyond before we get to all that, I know we did a little pre-interview with talking so much, but but how are you? I know we're entering the last quarter of the year here. This is a nice way to, I guess, finish off 2023, man. How's life in? Are you in Denmark right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, hey, yeah man. Thank you. <laughs> Go what ahead. A nice introduction, and uh, that was really great. So I'm like, what else do we have to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're just gonna end it right there. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. No, oh, uh, I would say, um, yeah, I'm in Denmark. Uh, just met up with Michael today. Yeah. Had some Danish uh, interviews here. I'm uh, in my house here where we actually have our, our little, I mean, I have my garage where we recorded uh, the demos and uh, we rehearse old school style. Uh where should I start? Uh, this project started as a friendship. Michael is a great guy. I've known him since back in the days. We used to, re you know, share a rehearsal room uh, with Ronchi and Volbeat. We've been doing a lot of uh, gigs and some tours back then before Volbeat took off. Mm -hmm. Then we kind of like um, lost connection because when Volbeat became a big thing, they took off we i moved and um then i moved to the countryside and one day i was driving in my car uh, at work and i saw this uh, ugly motherfucker and i was like what the fuck that's michael and i said what 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 what, what are you doing here and yeah i just moved to the countryside and blah 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 okay let's meet up and that's about 10 years ago i guess yeah then we got the kids and by a coincidence, you know, met up on a playground and our two daughters are the same age, six years old. Uh, kind of had a connection and they played at the playground and said, ah, let's go home to uh, our playground in the garden. And my daughter said, and Michael said, okay. And we did that. Uh, we met up uh, another time at the playground, and they we always ended up coming back to my property. And um, 
because I have a big garden and yeah. Then we had this kind of like dad talk and I said, hey, let's go have a small whiskey. And I went to my man cave and yeah, Michael saw that I had my drum kit put up and this and that. And we never talked about it. Then I think a year or two later, he invited me to a birthday party. And yeah. I said, yeah, man, I'm coming. And uh, he uh, called me uh, like a week before this party saying, hey, look, Morton, there's something uh, I want to talk to you about before this uh, birthday party, before we get hammered and, you know, like drunk man's talk and stuff like this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah what is it? You know, we always end up listening to death and entombed and both raw when we are together. I always wanted to uh, do this death metal band again, and I want to hear if you want to be interested in uh, be the drummer in this band. Not that he was thinking of he, that I only live 12 minutes away and I have a drum kit and a rehearsal room. So <laughs> he didn't have to call somebody important or what. And I said, yeah, why not? Let's try it out. And if it doesn't work, uh, I'm totally fine with that. It's no big deal. We will still be friends. So we agreed on meeting up. And he came to uh, my garage. And like 10 minutes before, he sent me like a shitty version of something he recorded on his iPhone. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to try to pick up what he's uh, into with this. And I immediately heard that uh, that uh, this is, uh, I think, the seven or eight track on the album, totally entombed, inspired song. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I hear it. Uh, no problem. I'm going to play like Nicky Anderson on this. And we, we did the first song the first day we met. And... Yeah. and since then, actually, we it took us only a few rehearsals before we kind of knew what we were both thinking. We we think the same ways with arrangement and you know simple uh, simple stuff of how to do not not too technical and the way I play the way he plays is from back then. So that's why it sounds like it does. And for people who don't know, Michael is actually part of a, a one of the bigger bands in rock today, and Volbeat. And then Mark, your vocalist, he's from a band called Morgoth. I think you mentioned that too. And that's it's. I feel like this all just came together naturally, you know. And I think it's the the camaraderie and the bond that you guys have not only formed in person, but it's something I also heard on this record, which is chemistry, which I'm going to get to a little bit later, but. And you're a drummer, man. You know, you mentioned that, you know, aside from as in hell, I got to ask, how are things going over at uh, Blood Eagle and Raunchy? Uh, everything's going good over there, too? <laughs> yeah. Um, if we start with Blood Eagle, that was, a, the you know, a death metal band, too. Yeah. Uh, kind of like my friend Musa from Nemec. Moved to Copenhagen. I moved. I lived in Copenhagen back then, and uh, we just, you know, actually first member, first guitarist involved with French. Yeah. On the first track, he he was a member of uh, Blood Eagle, and we just, 
yeah, 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 yeah. But this is, you know, it's a small country. We know each other, and we we had this thing about like let's do something like uh, Morbid Angel, uh, you know, punk rock uh, death thing, and we did it, and we had fun. We recorded an album, uh, split up to three uh, EPs, recorded at two Mason. Um, I got I got tired of this uh, thing that um, we were not going anywhere. So I kind of quit the band uh, some years ago. So yeah. the band's not there anymore. We are still still good friends. Muse um, is uh, like Michael. Like uh, he also has a daughter on my age. We we're gonna see each other soon. Funny guy. Um, Ranchi is alive. We recorded a new album that has to get mixed and mastered. We're kind of like um, not as uh, picky about where we're going as other bands. If nothing's happening, some bands split up. We just yeah. put it on the side and said, yeah, we're busy with family or kids or work. Uh, let's talk together in a year or two. But I tell you, we, we have a very, very strong album coming out uh, with Mike Semeski. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know when it's going to get released, but we're still here. We, we, we will never be an active live band, um, maybe a few shows or something. I don't see that coming. SNL came in from the side a year ago. I had no idea about that. But being yeah, just in, like me, just like most of us, yeah, came out of left field. Yeah, but we, we never over, over, uh, thought any plans or visions or missions or whatever. We just did it, and the main thing was, yeah, we are friends. It has to be fun. It's gonna be me, Michael, and Mark. And like I said, we could probably get some famous people in like an all-star band on bass or guitar but we ended up uh, choosing some of our longtime friends uh, Fleming and Jacob Hansen to help out right which I'm very happy about um, um, because Fleming and Jacob uh, they are like us uh, down to earth and Probably actually the best band members. Uh, the <laughs> technically, <laughs> they they just nailed uh, their stuff in no time, and I would say some of the most underrated musicians in Denmark so far. Now Fleming got the job as a stand-in after Rob is not in in Volbeat anymore. Okay, he just he just went in there, you know, honestly not being a Wallbeat fan, he had to learn all the songs that he didn't know because uh, he's a, a extreme death metal uh, dude. So if you listen to his own band Arcane Order, you know yeah. that he's absolutely a uh, uh, fucking uh, extreme metal guy. And um, But he's a uh, when you meet him, he's like uh, every mother-in-law's uh, wet dream come true that this uh, 
guy who doesn't do anything wrong. He's so handsome and so polite and, you know. <laughs> yeah. He can certainly pull uh, off a great guitar solo or do the rhythm guitar. He's one of my best friends. And so yeah. is Jacob. And so for me that... Michael asked me to do this and I'm in the band with Michael and Mark and then by you know like talking a little bit about it I actually got my dream coming through that I always wanted to play with Fleming and Jacob so they're like this extra element to SNL that they said yes to playing live shows that this is it cannot get any better than this and, ja and Jacob is one of the more prominent music producers in this business. So the fact that he even like, not only did he help produce it, but he's part of like the music element yeah. as well as like playing. Yeah. So that's we were, we were not really sure because we said, Hey, can you do the bass? And he said, yeah, sure. Why not? And he, he it's <laughs> a fucking whole album in no time without asking once, Hey, what are you actually playing? What, what, what tones he did? He never asked just, and then we're like, how can you do this? Come on, I heard you recording this. So now he's only been doing this for so long. Yeah. So <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Uh, but but, but uh, I would say that uh, we were not sure because Jacob is also like a, a guy that likes to just be a, at home. So we, I talked to Michael. Do you think he wants to play live shows or what? <laughs> I was wondering, like, if you're going to take this out on the road because. I yeah. mean, as in hell, this is something that I think people need to really see. Like, it, there's one aspect of, you know, writing the music, right? But it's another whole perspective of delivering it to the fans. Morton, here's the thing, man. We love metal, not just, you know, yeah, we love listening to it, but you want to be there. You want to be there with the, have the energy matched with the artist in front of you, right? It's it's Ooh. unlike anything else. So, yeah, I, I wonder what the challenges are trying to take this on the road. <laughs> Jacob Hansen on stage with you guys. I don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know, I can I can dream. <laughs> I think it would be awesome because uh, for me, he's a legend because yeah, uh, uh, in the 90s, when he released his Invocator stuff, when you listen to, if you know the old Invocator stuff that Jacob was in, which is fucking from a time where you couldn't cheat with anything, with like editing anything in uh, in Pro Tools, uh, this, yeah. you, you had to, to really be a very good musician. Invocator. They were uh, uh, the kings of metal for me back then and for a lot of others. So he is uh, a guy that uh, just can play any instrument and uh, he's a super talented guy and a very good and funny friend for me. So yeah. I think I, 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 he said yes to play live. So let's see. I think uh, he's into it. That's, that's what Michael tells me. Let, uh, I want to, I want to, I want to see if this is something that's possible. But let let's get to. I want to dive into this album a little further, okay? Because yeah. this debut album, Impihora, again uh, translated to Ungodly Hour and dropped September 29th on Metal Blade. What an amazing debut album! Because I hope 
as I said earlier, I hope this is just not another side project because you guys have created something special here. And you know who would agree with me is Mr. Brian Slagle. He's actually a good friend of mine, founder of Metal Blade Records. He came down here last year with Amon Amarth, and I got to meet him in person. And we work with so many Metal Blade artists. And, you know, I wonder what's the feeling like, Morton, for you. You can even speak for your bandmates. What's the feeling like kicking off this first chapter of the band with a prominent label like Metal Blade? I mean, I feel like you guys could, couldn't have asked to be in a better spot, man. Yeah, you took out my words there because uh, it is uh, absolutely amazing. It's no secret that when we recorded the album um, through our management, Q Prime, the first uh, label we contacted was Middle Blade. And right when Brian Slagle said that, when I've heard that I want to release that album, then it was just about, you know, if it feels right, uh, it, we'll figure it out. And uh, of course, uh, here you those, are. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael, uh, he is, he's even prouder than I am about being on the Metal Blade. I love all what they've done, and, and, and I also like a lot of the newer stuff they released. Like, I'm a huge uh, Whitechapel fan. Um, oh, yeah. This stuff, with what we do now, is uh, nowhere near what, what they do, but, but, it, Come on. The, you get to call them label mates, man. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah but also the first time we met with their European uh, staff members, uh, I said to Michael, those guys are so fucking cool. I feel that they know what they're talking about. They want to do cassette. They want to do vinyl. They want to do CDs. They want to do stickers. They want to do all kinds of old school shit. Uh, and I said to him, I, I don't need to talk to anyone else if they are ready to release our stuff yep. because it, feel, it feels like family. It feels right. And um, actually, um, at Copenhagen, I met up with uh, some of them and we hung out. We had beers and, you know, they they, they are the perfect match. Yeah, they, man. They, they work hard. They they mean it. They they are uh, into us. Uh, they 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 said to us we never sign a band uh, if uh, if uh, nobody likes it uh, in the staff no matter whatever somebody says so it has to be something where the staff or whomever uh, is going to work with it feel that this is something we truly believe in yeah well, and to, me, to, to me that's enough yeah, and I, bro, uh, cheers to you because you guys have uh, it's it it just came all well together. It's not just that you created something, but that someone like Brian sent something in you guys, you guys that this is something special, and I feel like that's a moment to celebrate. And I think of bands like obviously bands like you know, of course, Death and Entombed and Bolt Over, Autopsy, Dismember, Grave, Possessed. Like, I can go on forever and forever, you know? You, you, got, you got to remember, I'm only in the band because I live like 12 minutes away from Michael. <laughs> no, no, no. You're in the band because you're an amazing drummer, all right? Give yourself some credit. Because As in Hell definitely created its, created its own 
uh, identity and the process. It's not an easy thing to accomplish considering how, how far back the death metal scene can trace, you know, this combination of, you know, this, this old school death metal riffs with a bit of structure even uh, made, I feel like made the songs really strong and catchy. That's not something you hear a lot for death metal, but you guys made it catchy. Here's why that's important. I think we can thank Michael's experience with Volbeat here because of that, wouldn't you say? Ah, <laughs> uh, so so so. Uh, yes and no, but I think that uh, Volbeat or Asin Hill or Dominos or Ranchi. Uh, Man, it sounds like a if, really if you, insane if lineup you, right there. <laughs> no, if you if uh, if you don't have it in you, you can do whatever. Can have the image, but if you can't write a good riff or a catchy song, yeah. no matter what we're talking about, you, you it's like goodbye. You fucking suck. But <laughs> so, but Michael uh, is a very strong songwriter. I've never met anyone so much like man. The tempo is like five BPM or three BPM. You know, yeah. stuff like. Okay, why is that important? I think because we're just rehearsing. Well, let, let's fucking play, you know. But he has a very good ear, and um, his riffs was so easy for me to come up with drum parts. And of course, Michael also had his ideas. And sometimes he told me, "Yeah, that's great, but I'll, let's try this," you know. Um, and at the end of the day, we were pretty, uh, you know, uh, close to each other, like how we wanted it. But this guy is good at writing catchy riffs. So if the riffs are good, any drummer would know that then it's so much easier to get inspired. So I, I didn't really spend much time on the drums. And because there's honestly not so much new under the sun, I just wanted to do something like, you know, like if if I was uh, trying to think how would I like my heroes from the 90s to do uh, like a classic album that they fucking never done yeah. and they're not here anymore or they started to suck or whatever, you know, like both row stopped a long time ago. The only band I would say that still uh, does some uh, a good album is like Obituary. I love their new album; it's fucking awesome. Yeah, but, same show where I met Brian. It was actually Obituary and Amon Amon. Yeah, yeah, so but, I but, totally but, forgot about that. Know, anyway, Death Death is not here. Both Row is not here. Yeah, Entombed is I don't know whatever. It's not here the real way. Um, and I also tried. So I tried to to think this kind of mix of not too technical, not too simple, put in the groove in the drumming. I thought of my heroes, Gene Hoagland, Sean Reinhardt, and also Vinnie oh, Paul. Man, man. rest uh, in peace to those guys. Well, yeah. the, Sean, Sean and Vinnie, of course. Yeah. And um, Nicky Anderson in Tombs. Yeah. Also Snowy Shaw. Uh, because if you listen to the way I'm doing some stuff on the hi-hat and, you know, there is some stuff like that. And, of course, the bolt thrower bulldozer and a little bit of a, yeah. a Danish band, Illus Post, from the 90s. There was a drummer called Rolf, 
and uh, he was playing on submit and there's okay. something rotten in Denmark like a lot of groovy drumming and then I just wanted a mix of all that and I wanted all this like this obituary death sound so I'm using like this huge uh 14 inch by 10 inch uh, wooden snare drum like you know to get this fucking deep sound like obituary has and my old timer with pinstripe on and you know trying to okay this was how they were doing in the 90s i want this sweaty fat sound you know so i, yeah. and I said to jacob our producer listen don't fuck this up with overproducing this my drums, they sound awesome, and I don't need them to get sound replaced, you know? So, yeah. If it's anyone you would make that demand to, it's Jacob, and he delivered. <laughs> yeah. You want to capture that old-school death metal vibe, and I think you guys have... I said it earlier, like, it's it really took me back to, you know, the, the 80s when, even, like, early 90s, when Morbid Angel and Death were actually releasing all those bands and really drove i feel like they set the standard for death metal you guys if you guys release this album at that time bro i mean get ready to go on all those tours <laughs> I, said, I said to michael can you imagine if we released this album in 93 bro oh my goodness it would it would have been one of the top death metal records if not yeah. for that year at least for the entire decade but you know, it, it's it's funny you're, you're telling me about you know Michael and, and we're talking about his experience with Volbeat. Of course, I think I read something where Michael he was putting together songs for a Volbeat album. I think about two years ago. I, I think it's Servant of the Mind. I think that's in the, in the oh, album. Yeah. And then he wrote a bunch of death metal riffs and then saved them on his hard drive. I always I wonder like is this like a routine when he writes like a rock and roll album, he also yeah. writes a death metal record on the side like just in case if that's the case heard, heard, tell I him tell him story. to start on the next Volbeat album now. <laughs> I heard the story uh, too and I think that uh, the way I see it he saved a few riffs uh, but I would say 80% of the stuff on SN Hill was written after we started. That's amazing. And I got to applaud you and the guys because each of you went above and beyond on this record. And I I'm telling you, man, give yourself credit. Michael wouldn't have just picked any drummer. He picked you because there's a reason why behind it. And, I and I'm and i hearing that behind your drumming patterns and hearing this album, those crushing riffs injected with the, the, these strong guitar hooks and, and these these battle cries that I'm hearing. My neighbors love this record. Okay, Morton, my window's <laughs> right there. My Stereo systems right there. It's been, and I live in a quiet neighborhood in Dallas. You said you, you said I'm quoting you. I believe here, this will hopefully put a smile on fans of old, old school stuff, and newcomers will hopefully dig it too. Yeah, right, there, right amount of catchiness. There's the grooves and solid chugging riffs from songs like "Follow the Loyal Warrior," like I mentioned earlier. Trophies, which may be my favorite song on here. I, I have to get Ooh. back to you on that. That's uh, a great the title track and maybe my second favorite, the last track. Uh, I don't know how to say it. F F Fudge for Hilbert. Yeah, what's the story behind that? That's a nine-second track. Uh, <laughs> I don't I know think, what you can and cannot say. I, I, I think I think MP Horror is also on my favorite because it's so so much both raw Ildis Post uh 90s stuff where 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 you know the groovy stuff that I like, uh, 
But the last uh, track is uh, called Fy for Helvede. And um, it was because uh, when we were in the studio, there was this uh, royal person uh, being at this uh, fancy gourmet party drinking champagne, and she was having a cocktail party uh for for you know like famous people and putting up a live show uh that uh, hey i'm gonna mix a drink for you guys and and then this old guy comes in and tries this this mixed drink cocktail drink and he tastes it and he says fight for hell which means like god damn this tastes like shit you know and uh, we, were, we were watching this so many times in the studio, like stupid video clip um, that this, uh, <laughs> that he totally ruined her, her live clip. And uh, he was fucking cool. And we figured out that later that it was her dad. And then, then uh, Michael said, we, we did this recording with actually the, the clip from this uh, YouTube thing. And then we got afraid that they would sue us. So we had uh, Michael's daughter. Mm. Re- rec- she's the one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Singing this Pfeiffer. <laughs> and it's just uh, a little uh, Danish tribute to the album is done. And it's kind of like a way of saying uh, don't take yourself too serious. So that um, the album is done. And it's a way that uh, of saying that uh, this fucking sucked. You know, <laughs> that was so. I, I thank you for sharing that. I had no idea as I was the first time I heard it when they sent it to me when it, when I first got it. I heard it. It was uh, like I was sitting on the opposite side of my room, and I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, I'm in school right now, so I was working on my assignment and homework, and all of a sudden this track comes on, and then bam, it's over. I'm like, no, that can't be it. So I went and checked if that was the actual track. And nine yeah. seconds long. So I just kept repeating. I, I was like, okay, I, I have had, to ask him about that. I had so many like friends right. Oh man, I can't wait to hear the five for hill. And I'm like, what can I say? Because it's like five seconds. So I I, I, I didn't even really... notice the time track. I did usually I, I that's the first thing I noticed what the time that the time is. I didn't see yeah. it on that. And uh for, but, but it's a, also a, a tribute to, um, if you go back in the 19s and listen to uh, Danish uh, death metal bands, there was always some kind of hidden crap with Danish yeah. on it. Like Ildis Pose, Conkra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. There was, there was a little, like, Danish thing. Uh, and... Uh, so for us, it was also, yeah, we got to do this, you know. We're not going to wait uh, f- five minutes after the last song, like Nirvana and all of them did, you know, Sepultura in the 90s. We just put it as an extra track. Man, it was, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad you shared that. So uh, I got to get to this part because, <laughs> you know, between writing and then, you know, you, you guys structuring the songs, even the production process, you know, like you just talked about. This was very interesting to me, and, and I couldn't wait to get get to this. Uh, keep all this in mind as I'm asking, because the lyricism throughout Impihora, right? You guys wanted the lyrics to be—I don't know. If this is a song. This is a song for Michael, but I want to ask you because I want to get your intake on it. Now that I have you, you guys wanted the lyrics to be dark but also sarcastic, with a glimpse of irony. And to accomplish that, Mark, your vocalist, 
<laughs> I'm even reading it just it's just crazy to me. Recruited a death metal fan who's also a psychologist, a friend of his, uh, Dr. Yeah. Frank Albers, who had dealt with, you know, sociopaths and schizophrenics and violent criminals. Yeah. You guys pulled no punches on this. You got him in and he collaborated on writing about war, Fall the Lawyer Warrior, Cannibalism, Island of Dead Men, Serial Killers, the trophies, I mentioned that. Mm. And of course, Satan. I feel like it's not a metal album without Satan. But man, have you ever seen an approach to songwriting that, like this before? I know I haven't, but it fucking worked. <laughs> uh, for me, I can only say I've never seen a, an approach like this before. But it it was uh, Mark's idea, and uh, actually, Michael. Um, to be honest, you know he is our band leader. Yeah. So he, he wrote the riffs, he had an idea when start stop and what kind of vocals. So so he was also part of this. So then he fed the ideas and Mark and, and this guy wrote these lyrics, which uh, I didn't know them because I'm a lazy bastard and I don't care so much about lyrics. So when I finally got the package, you know, like with CD and uh, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, fuck, man, I don't even have a CD player anymore. Uh, I, I'm gonna in in my bedroom here. I have this. I was having a moment alone, and I read them all. And I thought, fuck, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, man. <laughs> I was like, this is some. <laughs> like, I mean, I think you've achieved that. You know, you know, it's it has the right amount of. You know, dark lyrics on what it entails to be a death metal band. Of course, yeah, of course and, and, and not also, taking yourself too seriously. You guys accomplished that. Not too seriously, but also the cliches and stuff that it has to have. You know. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I want to give a shout out to. I know we mentioned Vinny and Dime, but a big component to this record, and I want to give you know a shout out to the late great entombed vocalist. LG Petrov, you know, who um, unfortunately passed away. And I know that there's a deep story for Michael when he got there, when it comes to missing his phone calls. And it's, it's really crazy. And I've lost some, you know, friends and family members in the last couple of years. So when I read that story about Michael and his relationship with, with LG Petrov and yeah, the first song we we wrote was Paramantic uh, Scry. That's right. So, and if if you listen to that song, you can definitely hear that it's very entombed inspired. Yeah, this was I... the first song Michael played me this riff, and I immediately know how to play the drums. And as you can hear. The drumming on some of the parts, I'm trying to do a little bit of like Wolverine blues, yeah. right? And I thought, okay, fuck yeah, no problem. I'm going to play with one kick drum, one tom, one floor tom, kind of like a Stockholm uh, setup. And um, after that, the stuff he came up with was more technical and became more and more death. And I said, dude, uh, I call I, I before I already told Jacob our producer. I'm, I'm just gonna use your uh, Fritz uh, drum set over there because uh, it's gonna be kind of like something like entombed, you know. 
but then I ended up saying, I'm going to bring my my own good old drum kit because stuff got a little more technical uh, as we got through this record. So, And uh, what is it? I think I have a quote here from LG Petrov. He told Michael at one time, it, it's time to make, like it, internally, Michael was thinking, it's time to make that fucking death metal record. Bam, he mm-hmm. did it. And LG Petrov yeah, would have been, been proud, yeah. man. Yeah. I also met LG uh, a few times. We, uh, actually, uh, with uh, playing with Ron, she had some uh, festivals and shows, and he yeah. was the most uh, very happy, down to earth guy. But yeah. instead of sitting backstage in in Tomb's uh, uh, backstage room, he would come into our backstage room, uh, hang out, and he was fucking funny. Uh, uh, and I love the. I don't know if you've seen the picture where he's blowing his nose at the, the snot is coming all over. He was like this guy, like a grown up uh, teenager that yeah. didn't give a fuck about anything. He, he was he was always there. Yeah. And he would sit. I've been to entombed concerts at small venues, there was maybe 50 people. He would just sit in the merch before and after, you know. Man, he was uh, he was a very nice guy. Yeah, and And, uh, I mean, I mean, it's I would say like a Scandinavian version of uh, Lemmy. Wow, that's a very good comparison. I didn't think about (laughs) that until he mentioned it. But I, I, you know, I have. I don't think I've ever. No, no, I've never seen Entombed live, but I mean, of course, like the live videos that I've actually seen and and his interviews, man, I would have loved to have him on as a guest. I've I've had some amazing guests like you, of course, throughout my entire publication, but having someone like him, I love people who don't take themselves seriously. They're in it because they just have a passion for what they do. It's and you LG LG had that. I remember with LG back in the 90s when everybody was like, yeah, man, uh, we're here forever and we're band brothers and there was an interview with uh, LG about how it was to be on the road touring Yeah, and he just replied when you're on the tour bus apart from uh, drinking beer and wanking there's really uh, not much you can do <laughs> perfect answer right there that's that's LG for you for people who yeah. don't know um, yeah. but but I know he would he, he would have been so proud of this record. He would have been so proud. I know he, he would be so proud of this and would have loved it. That's why I, I hope this is something you guys can just keep this going because you guys have found something here. I'm I'm a fan. I know I'm also a journalist, but I'm telling you right now, I love what you guys have created here. Please keep it going. But uh, I know this has been a, such a great conversation. First off, uh, Morton, thank you for sharing so much about of course, about who you are and, and what As in Hell is all about, representing the death metal music scene and the form of art that you guys all convey. And of course, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we've discussed about performing for as long as you have for the other bands and, and the people you have met and worked with during this record. And I feel like you found your sound with this one. I know it's early. Uh, again, this is something that we can talk about in the future, but even with yeah. your, your fan base, that that's going to grow after this. Your relationship with your bandmates, yeah. yourself. I hear, brother. But uh, the funny thing is that Michael said, 
yeah, there's no doubt about it. you can hear the influences, but he said, I kind of feel that in some of the stuff we we already found the S and Hill sound. So mm. yeah, I I I have to agree with that. And this is a really exciting chapter to begin as in hell. I mean, holy shit, Metal Blade <laughs> and with you know bringing in the just bringing back those old death metal. I feel like we could use a bit of old school again, you know? I mean, it's 2023, yeah. but bro, I grew up in that scene and seeing you guys do what you do. There's le- definitely a level of inspiration to what you're doing here and you're seeing results, man. That's an important thing. I'm going to round it out to this last question here, okay? Yeah. So everything that we've discussed, have your aspirations, Morton, as, as a musician or hell, just a human being even, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing playing drums in, in this industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm too old to hear people talking about what's really good for my future. We are here. Uh, we, uh, we are not 18 anymore. I see your Mastodon poster behind you. I was on a tour. Uh, yeah, they, they signed it too. I don't know if you can see it. They all signed yeah. it yeah, right there. So. I did a, a European tour with them when I was in Hatesphere. 30 oh, shows. Oh, man. And this, this was their first um, tour in Europe, and I, I love those guys, and I love their records, and I still talk to Bill. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just not... Um, Michael and I and Mark and Jacob, we know that if... we. We're plus uh, 40. Uh, I'm the youngest guy. I'm fucking 45, you know? Can I add something? I'm going to add something really quick because it's relevant. My brother, both of my brothers are drummers. I love love speaking to drummers on my show. So it means a lot. He just turned 40 yesterday, okay? You are not old. (laughs) You're fine, all right? He's he's freaking out. He's freaking out. He's like, man, I don't want... He's 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 also an elementary school teacher aside from... And playing the drums. No, no, but... no, 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 no. <laughs> like let me said, if you think you're too old, you are. But I'm just saying that we are somewhere in our lives where we are like we 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 we're gonna do this because it's fun and we want to do it and we want to go out and play. But honestly, we are not gonna go in a nine-person band uh, playing uh, in fr- front of. Uh, 15 people uh, on the door, you know. Uh, we, we, we can't do that. So we'll see if, if somebody wants us to play, we'll take it from there. And um, we want to do it. We want to have fun, but we can't. We cannot spend our whole life in this because Michael has Waldwit. I have my job. We all have families. Mark has his stuff. Jacob has his studio. Who wants to go to Jacob Hansen without Jacob Hansen? Fleming has his um, uh, thing with Arcane and his job. Uh, so we'll figure it out. And I promise you, when people will see us, even though it's death metal where you're not allowed to smile, you will see a smile on our face because we, we want to have fun. And if it's not fun, then why the fuck should we do it? Hell yeah. You couldn't have said that any better. Hey, yeah. uh, you, please, please let me know when you're coming to uh dallas or i prefer you come to dallas i mean austin's great too houston's great i got friends out there let me know when you come here i want to i want to buy you a drink whatever we got to hang out because we'll it, it, uh, it would be an, 
Yeah, Holster. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Just let me know, man. I I would love nothing more than to just stay in touch with you guys. And uh, you know, if this happens to be a chance for you guys to bring this group to Texas, uh, I I would love to be there for that because it's it's. I would love to play there because when I was there visiting my friends, I totally had the deja vu. Like, I I think I'm I'm pretty much uh uh from Texas or in my yeah. previous life pick up trucks and big nice police cars and yeah you fit right in and it this is the Mexican perfect time to come too we had we had the brutal most brutal <laughs> summer i have ever experienced i've been living in dallas for over 20 years i mean i'm i'll be 35 in a month but but uh this is the most brutal summer like if you ever come tour we got a lot of outdoor venues, a lot of great outdoor venues. This is the time to do it because the it's actually 79 degrees and it's actually nice outside. And I would love to sleep out there now. So it's <laughs> actually okay to be out there. But um, but Morton, man, this has been an honor. Nothing but love for you and the guys from here on out. Please take care of yourself. Have a great time leading up to the release. I'm really proud to see what you guys have created. Do you have any, I don't know, any last words, any shout outs you want to put on before we end things up here? Actually, uh, a shout out to you because... Uh... This feels like the old school way that uh, it's so nice to talk to someone who's still doing these interviews. Like we all love them to talk to someone, hear the details, you know, like yeah, this band and shout out to you for doing this because without guys like you, there there wouldn't be this, uh, you know, metal community or and in, in interviews like this. So. When I was a, a, a child, I was tape recording uh, every week. There was a national radio program called Heavy Land. And, for example, I tape recorded uh, Gene Hoagland uh, talking about uh, when they released individual thought patterns. God, what a great record. <laughs> and I heard him talking. <laughs> I heard the music. And I was like, "This, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Space flying around. But... I listened to it again and again, and I I got the fucking cassette record, and and you know, bro, I you guys you guys need to drop a cassette so, so, of As so, in Hell, Impy yeah. Horror, do that. I will be the first one. I'll buy twenty of those, man. Talking about bringing about old school, really bring it back old school. So we that, have, <laughs> yep, go check it out. Talk to Brian about it because those cassettes. They, I want to DM him good. right after this and telling him that I I had you guys on the show. So um, I'll let you know once this episode drops so you can share it with all the fans. All right, I'm gonna be in touch with you on all the socials on Instagram. But um, yeah. and here's the thing, uh, to add on to your point, I I I started this publication five six years ago, you know, because I wanted to give a platform for people like you to talk about what you want to talk about. You know, I grew up my life not having that opportunity, and it's yeah. something that I owe it to myself. I wanted to be that vessel for. It's not just another interview, you know, it's deeper than that. Why do you do what you do? What can you do moving forward to the yeah. future? So uh, thank you. It, it means a lot coming from you, obviously. So uh, I, I really no, take it apart. I, I haven't done many interviews lately, um, but um, back in the time when I did a lot of interviews with Branchy, I just remember the fucking same questions. And if you get this question, tell me how the band started. As, like there was a biography and the, uh, you know yeah I, I, get it. I get it this this loose talk is so much better 
And hey, uh, so I come from a family of musicians. My mom is actually, uh, she's a famous singer from Bangladesh, which is where I'm where I'm from. And like I said, I, I play the violin and the bass, both of my, like we, I started a record label 10 years ago. I know exactly what it's like dealing with press is not easy. I went to film school for three years. So I wanted to be someone authentic. I, I It's always about bringing out that authenticity within my guests. So that's why I love doing what I do. So see, I never like to be just, Follow the outline. I like to stretch beyond that. That's what makes us unique. So anyway, uh, I feel like we go, go about that forever. But <laughs> I want to just thank you again, uh, Morton. Everyone who's listening, obviously, this podcast is heard worldwide. This is the amazing Morton Top Hansen from As in Hell. Impy Hora dropped September 29th on Metal Blade Records. If you could de- do me and Morton favor, uh, buy the record because the bands can't do it without your help. Like I said, we what was the theme of this podcast? Old school. I still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room, bro. So I like to hold a hard copy in my hand because someone's yeah. hard work and dedication is you know on that. So I bought a vinyl player. I thought I would never do it, but with you know, my friend, <laughs> I, I told tell me what to buy because the uh Essen Hill comes in nine different vinyls. So holy shit. And, and I heard the uh, <laughs> Metal Blade, uh, there you go. Metal Blade does that. Yeah. Uh, at his uh, his place, he, he played me the vinyl, and I said, "Dude, it sounds like in the studio, the stuff Dude. that that you can't hear on a tape or a CD." So I said, "I gotta have a vinyl myself." That's the first thing that my older brother told me. When you buy a vinyl, it's as if you're hearing it for the first time. I I have two vinyls that I bought, and I don't even have a vinyl record player yet. <laughs> but maybe but I'll get it from I'll, maybe I'll get it for my birthday next month. Who knows? But when you hear that record, it's let's say individual thought patterns. You brought it on cassette, yeah. whatever. You've been listening to it for years and years. But when you finally get the vinyl version of it, it's as if you're hearing it for the first time. Holy shit! Like I I got that with I have a uh, the new fit for an autopsy that they dropped it a couple years ago. That vinyl, the August Burns Red. You know those two vinyls that I have. Hearing those albums again. It really hits you differently. So vinyls oh. are coming back, and for a good reason. So, uh, it's, and they look good. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> there you go. But uh, uh, Morton, let's stay in touch, man. Uh, everyone who's listening, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast platforms out there. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Let's stay in touch. Much love, man. Have a great night. Love to you don't, guys. Don't drink coffee right now because I think it's nighttime. <laughs> I want you to be able to sleep, but I will <laughs> drink coffee for you. But uh, let's stay in touch, man. I will talk to you. I will drink coffee for you in the morning, then. (laughs) All right, man. I'll see you in Texas, man. Peace out. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire Podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.